Good afternoon. Hope all of you are doing well. Today we're learning Maseches Yevamos Daf Kuf. Sorry for only doing the uh, audio recording, no video today. We're starting on Daf Kuf about a third of the way down at the words Tanu Rabbanan, and we were in the midst of a conversation about whether or not um, women will have access to Truma. And the Gemara says, Tanu Rabbanan ha'evid ve'ha'isha ein cholkin lehem Truma beveisa granos. We had said that avadim and noshim that they don't get their portions at the Beis Hagronos, at the, at the threshing floor for, uh, for Truma. But, but in a place where they do disperse, a seeming contradiction to the first part of the sentence, in such a case, they do give a woman first, and then they, uh, they want her to leave uh, rather quickly. Says the Gemara, my Kamar, the first part of your sentence said, Ein cholken lehen truma beveisa granos, and the second se- uh, part of the sentence says that you do. So the Gemara says, Hachi Kamar, this is pshat in this line. What the Bryson means is as follows. In a place where they give out miser to a poor person, not truma, that's where we're saying that they're giving out to uh, to, isha, to an isha, to a woman. Then, then a woman does um, get first dibs. She gets to be first in line. My time mishum zilusa. It's not bekavadik for there to be one woman and uh, all of the men who are there. And Amar Rabbah, Rabbah said in light of this brisa, a couple of hundred years later it seems, Rabbah says, Meresha, initially, ki havu asu gavra kamai, when a man and a woman would come to Bezdin with cases, I would adjudicate the men's case first. Hava sharina tigra de gavra beresha. I would have dealt with the tigra, the challenge, or the, the din Torah of the man first. Amina, I argued the mechaiv and mitzvos, because they're not only chayv and lo saseis, but men are also chayv and mitzvos saseis, and women are not. However, kevin the shaman alaha, once I heard this brisa, which tells us that when a woman is able to access my sirani, that she goes first in line, then I changed my uh, my routine in the Bezdin, and sharina tigra de itza and I too put the women first in line, my time mishum zilusa, because it was somewhat not respectful to have uh, the woman there uh, amongst all of the men. The Gemara, a little bit more than halfway down, quotes uh, a previous statement from a Mishnah, and it says, This was talking about a case where children were born, and the children got mixed up in the nursery. We don't know who's who. And we said one of them, one of the possible uh, cases was that the father was a Kohen, and another one is that the, fa- the, is that, uh, the person was an Evet. So there, the Gemara says that if they did shikhur, if they freed one another, then there would be a certain implication in halacha. So the Gemara says, shikhuru iboi im, ilo ilo. Is it optional? Is it that if you want to, you can, and if you don't want to be meshachar, these, ch- these children, you don't have to? That's not right. It should be obligatory. Ve'amai, why would it be optional? Lisa shivcha ino yachol, and baschorin ino yachol. You can't marry a shivcha because you might be a full yid. You can't marry a baschorin because you might be an evan. You have to do a shikhur. So therefore, says the Gemara, you're right. Amarabah, what the Brisa should have said, is Ema kofin osan umeshacharin zezeh. They would absolutely need to do shikhar, and it's not optional. In the Mishnah that we learned yesterday at the top of Daf Tzadi Testament Beis, we learned a whole host of details about chumras by, uh, by uh, Safek Kohen. We weren't sure if the child was the child of a, of a Kohen or of a Yisrael. And we spoke about a lot of chumras. And then at the end of the Brisa, it says this line, three-fourths of the way down, nost in the lane chumrei, Kohanim v'chule, that we, in addition to listing all of the things that we were machmir about, it also stipulated this broad comment that we have a lot of chumras. But says the Gemara, why did you have to say both lines? You gave me all the details. Why do I then need a broad comment? Um, and if you look at the Mishnah on the top, 
the last line of the Mishnah on the top of Sadi Tazman Beis, it says, No that we have Khumras on both sides. Says the Gemara, the reason why we had to include that one line, this has to do with the Korban Mincha. That this person who's a Safik Kohen, Safik Yisrael, it's not so Pashat that they should bring a Mincha. On the one hand, they should do the Kmitza like Yisrael would. However, but it should not be eaten like a Kohen normally would. So, okay, it said, how does this work out? The person should do the Kmitza by themselves. And then separately, they should do the anything extra, the Shirayim of the flower of the Korban Mincha, should be Kareb Ba'atzman. Says the Gemara, that's a big halachic issue. You're not allowed to separate those two things, and the shirayim have to be brought along with the ikar part of the korban mincha. They can't be separated. This was in fact used only for the sake of fuel, like Rebbe Lazar says. Ditanya, Rebbe Lazar Omer, In a case like this, where we have a suffix kohen, you're not allowed to bring the shirayim as a regular element of, of the korban. Aval but you are allowed to do so for the sake of fuel, for the sake of wood. It says the Gemara, that's great for him, who has such a such a possibility where we can use it as fuel. El Rabbanan, who don't say that, they then have a problem with this model of giving uh, of doing the Korban Mincha as a Safek Kohen, Safek Yisrael, because you shouldn't be able to give the Shirayim separately. So answers the Gemara, second of the wide lines, eight lines from the bottom of Kufam and Aleph, to Abu Lekir Rib Shimon. No, the Rabbanon who disagree with uh, with the initial sheets of Rebbe Lazar hold like a different Rebbe Lazar, Rebbe Lazar, Reb Shimon, the Tanya. Rebbe Lazar, Reb Shimon, Omer, HaKomets, Kerav Le'atzmo, a person does the Kemitza of the flower by himself. Vashirayim, Mispazrin al Beis HaDeshen, not on the fire, but they spread out the Shirayim on the Beis HaDeshen, the place where all the ashes will end up. The Rabbanon, even according to the Rabbanon, the only time they argue is in regards to a case of a minchas of kohanim. Abalhacha with a regular hakrav of minchas kohanim. Afidu Rabbanon mode. Everyone agrees that this is the right thing to do. Sikum advarim for this little section of Gemara is that the reason why we had the extra phrase in the Mishnah, the last line of the Mishnah on Sadi Testament base of Nosten Alav Chumrei Kohanim Chumrei Yisraelim, is to highlight. This one particular case of how to do the Kmitza when a per- person is a Safek Kohen, Safek Yisram. New Mishnah, three lines from the bottom. We know that there's a general din that after a woman ends her marriage, that she needs to wait three months before she remarries because we don't want to have a Safek as to who the father of the child is. And says the Mishnah as follows, A woman does not wait the requisite amount of time of three months before she remarries. And she does get married, and she has a child. And we don't know if it's full term from the initial husband or a shorter gestational period, a seven-month birth, a little bit of a preemie as it relates to the second husband. So we don't know what the status is of the child that's born. Let's call the child who's a suffix Chaim. And Chaim has some uh, siblings as well, some Vada'i siblings. In her first marriage, she had kids. And after Chaim was born in her second marriage, she also had more kids. So let's say that Chaim, the Suffolk, we don't know if he's from the first father or from the second father, and he gets married and uh, dies without children. What about his wife? So as it relates to the other brothers, So if he were to die and leave it, left his wife with no children, then... The, it would be Chalitza, no Yibum for the Vadai brothers. And if one of the Vadai brothers died and left their wife with no children, and then the, the wife fell to Chaim, there too, he would be Cholitz, Volomiyabim. Top of Daf, Kuf, Amid Beis. 
says the Gemara, and we're going to go to the very last word on the line, says the Gemara as follows. Let's say that he had brothers, not from the mother's side of the family, but rather half-brothers from the father's side. Oh, so in such a case, this person, the child, Chaim himself, the Suffolk, so he would be uh, what would they do for his wife? Similar answers, but not identical. What Chaim has to do is first he has to do chalitza because he has an element of suffix to himself and then he can do yibum. But the other brothers who are vadais, they can do or either chalitza or yibum. What if, um, what if, let's say that the, the, the first husband was possibly a, was a Kohen and the second husband was a Yisrael. So now Chaim is a suffix. So the halach is, no seisha re'uya l'kohen. He should marry a woman who is fit for marrying a Kohen. However, the ain betamid l'mesim. He has this dichotomy that on the one hand he can't, is the chumras of both, he can't marry someone who's not fit for a Kohen because he might be a Kohen because his first father, the first man was a Kohen that she lived with. But the second one was a Yisrael and therefore vein betamid l'mesim. However, if he does become tamid l'mesim for a family member, so if he gets hard blind, he won't get malkos. He's restricted from eating truma because he might not be a Kohen. But if he did, if in fact he ate the truma as this suffix, so then the din is he doesn't, he doesn't get the consequence of eating truma as Yisrael because he might actually be a coin. He doesn't take a portion from the granary. If he has stuff in his possession, truma, then he gets to keep the money. He doesn't get the skins from animals that are kachim. He also can't bring a kachim animal. But whatever he has in his possession, he's allowed to bring and keep. In regards to regular korbanos, where typically parts of the animals are given to a kohen, these parts of the animals that are given to a Kohen under normal circumstances of regular shechita he would not give because he might be a Kohen and might not be Ro, Had he had an oldest born child, because he might be a Kohen, he doesn't have to bring it to the base of Mikdash, so we leave the animal to graze until it becomes tummy. We are exceedingly strict on him, as we've already seen throughout the Mishnah, that he has chumras as though he's a Kohen, for example, he has to marry someone that's Ru'uya Lakona. And Vukhum Yisraelim, that uh, as we saw in the Mishnah, these articulated ideas about Chuma, Vukhulay, Vukhulay. Now, let's say that of the suffix of this woman, we don't know if she, uh, whose child it is. Was it the first husband's or the second husband's? Because it was either nine months from the first husband or second months of gestation from the second husband. Well, what if Hayu Shneihem Kohanim were three lines into the wide lines, eight, nine lines down? Let's say both of them were Kohanim. Oh, so that's a little different. So who onein alehem? The chayim, the child who's a suffix from one father to the next, will will, uh, will act by aninus if one of them die. The heima onein alav. And they also would have aninus on him. Who eno metame lehem? He cannot be metame to them because there's a suffix as to who it is. The heima onein lo. And they cannot become tame to him because you have to be the kohen who's ab- absolutely a relative. You don't just have to be a kohen. They're both kohanim. But you have to be the Kohen who's actually the relative. And there's a suffix as to who chi- whose child this is. So there's, therefore they cannot become tummy to one another. Who ain't no Yoresh Osam? He doesn't get their Yerusha. Avalheim Yoresh Oso. They do take his. He has no other family members. They can take his, but not because he's a Kohen. Just stop. That he, they're the only family members. Upatr al-Makasov al-Kilalaso shalzeh shalzeh. Because uh, they, we don't know which father it is, he'd be putter for for injuring them or for cursing them. He can be in either Mishmar. We know, of course, that the Kohanim were broken up into 24 Mishmaros. And let's say father number one was in Mishmar 5 and father number two was in Mishmar 10. And again, we don't know which father is which. He can be in either Mishmar, but he doesn't get any portion 
that would normally be given out to Kohanim of that Mishmar. But if both of these fathers, both of these men, the suffix of whether or not he was born to the first or second were in the same Mishmar, so then the Mishnah concludes <clears throat> they'd be able to take one portion from them. The Gemara opens a third of the way down on Kufam uh, Kufam Yabume. In regards to the top case on this page where we said that uh, he was going to be Cholet, that Chaim would, would be Cholet or Miyabim, specifically in this order, as we learned yesterday a couple of times, he must do the Chalitza first, only followed by Yibum. Allah Yibum he can't do Yibum first, the Kapaga, the Yavama, the Shuk, maybe the person who he is uh, having Yibum with is married. He's not shy to that person. There is no Mitzvah of Yibum because he may not actually be the right person to do Yibum with, and it might be him being marrying someone who's Lashuk, that that's not allowed, so it has to be in order. Starting with this line of Amar Shmuel, the second line of the Gemara, 12, 15 lines down, it's going to take us all the way to the end of the page. Shmuel made the following statement. Amar Shmuel, Asara Kohanim Omdim. There are 10 Kohanim standing in a pack. The number is not really relevant, but there are, there's a large number of Kohanim. Upiresh Echad Mehem And one of the Kohanim separated himself from the pack, and he had Tash with someone and a child. Talacha is Havlad Shtuki. What does it mean, Shtuki? Says the Gemara, my Shtuki. If you want to say what it means is that we quote unquote quiet the child from his father's nechasim, that there's no Yerusha, that's for sure pshita. He doesn't even know who his father is. It's one of the ten. We don't know who it is. Now, is that we don't allow him to become a kohen. He's basically a chalal. My time, why is it that we say that that's the case? He shouldn't be restricted from kahuna. After all, all of the men standing there in that circle were all kohanim. There's no reason why he should be restricted from kahuna. So says the Gemara, that's not correct. There is a reason. The Pasuk says it should be for him and for the generations that follow him. We have a din of being miyuchas. We need the kohen who is born to be miyuchas to the father who is above him. But when we have a father and we don't know who he is, even though we know he's a kohen, but we don't have the yuchus line from child X to father Y. And because that's the case, even though it's true that he's definitely a kohen, but because he's not miyuchas to any one kohen, therefore he is not allowed to be part of the kihuna. He's a chalal. The Gemara says a third of the way down, well, if that's true, we have a similar language in another part of the Torah. Here we see the same exact line, similar line, that we should, uh, we should be to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and L'Zarach HaRacha. No, Avram wasn't a Kohen. So, what was HaKadosh Baruch Hu telling Avram by saying L'Zarach HaRacha? Can't be talking about making psul for his children. Says the Gemara, Hachi Kamar Pshad is Hachi Kamar Le'ashem was telling him, Lo tinsav ovedes kochavim v'shivcha. You should not marry someone who's an ovedes kochavim or a maidservant. Lo lezel zarachah basur because we don't want the children to follow in the wayward ways of those who are not b'nei Torah. Mesvei, the Gemara asks Akashia against Shmuel. Shmuel, remember, said that uh, in this case of the ten Kohanim, the one who separated from the pack and this woman had a child doesn't know whom. So says the Gemara, we said we had said earlier in the name of Shmuel that uh, he's a halal and he cannot participate in the Kahuna activities. But Mesvei, the Gemara says halfway down, Rishon, Ravios Kohen Gadol. We have a case scenario where this person can even be a Kohen Gadol. I ask the Gemara, How can you say that that's true in a case of Safik? If, it's, if, the, if the child is not Miyuchas, then he should be possible for Kahuna. Yet we see that he's Ravios Kohen Gadol. Says the Gemara, you're absolutely right. Let's now clarify the din about a Kohen Miyuchas. And the Gemara concludes, Zaro Miyuchas Achorov the Rabbanon. The din that a Kohen has to be Miyuchas to a father that we know 
that's only a din derabanan. The kra, the pasuk that we use of the kra smachta ba'almahu. In other words, midina, technically speaking, a kohen who is a suffix in regards to zichus, technically speaking, the, the halacha is that he uh, doesn't have to be miyuchas. That's fine. The din he could even be a kohen gadol. But midrabanan, we're makbid. Says the Gemara, the chigazu rabbanan. When did the rabbis make exera that one should not? When did the rabbanan make exera that one should not become a kohen gadol? That is business. That's when we're talking about a case scenario where uh, the child is born business. But Benesuin had he been born from the format of a marriage, let's say in this case of yibum or safek yibum or safek marriage, whatever the case may be, as long as there was Nisuin, lo gazer rabbanan. Then we don't employ the the zaro miyuchas issue. We just ignore that. Asks the Gemara halfway down of Is there really is it really true that in regards to Znus that a Kohen Gadol who was uh, can become a Kohen Gadol even though he was born from Znus? After all, Vatnan, what does it say in our Mishnah? The case in our Mishnah was where a woman did not wait the requisite amount of time to three months until Hukra Ubra, until she show she's showing, until we know that she's pregnant, and she got married and had a child. So says the Gemara, when is our counting point, starting from when does the three months start from? My achar baila, what does it mean after her husband? If you want to say that Pshad in our Mishnah is talking about a case where the first husband died, well, that's a problem with the Seifa. Ema Seifa as follows. The Seifa said, Hu onin alehem vehem onin that he, Chaim, the Suffolk child, can be an onin, would be put into a scenario where he doesn't have to keep mitzvah sase. When one of these fathers die, he would have to do that for both of them. Now, Bishlamahu, we understand a case scenario where Chaim could be an onin alehem. Mishkachas la deshani. We can have this happen when he marries the second person and that person dies, and samos to kama. At the same time that they exhumed the, uh, the body of of the first one, and he's sitting on Inus for both of them. But that doesn't make sense. That case scenario would have required that the father died. That's only true. So therefore, our Mishnah cannot be talking about a case where we start counting the three months from the period of time that the person died, that the husband number one died. What is our Mishnah talking about? We're talking about a case scenario where there was a divorce. When our Mishnah says the case of Achar Baila, what are we talking about? Achar Get Baila. We're saying that he didn't wait, the three, she didn't wait, excuse me, the three requisite months after the divorce papers were given. But that's a problem, says the Gemara. If you're going to say we're talking about in our Mishnah a case of where she starts counting from the divorce line, well, that's a problem. Because we said, Hu ein mitame lahem, v'heim einan mitame lo. We said that they cannot be metame for one another. Now, that we understand, that they, the father, father number one and father number two, we don't know who is actually his father. In that case, we understand why we're going to be strict. We understand why the coin's not going to become tummy. After all, it's possible that this is not their child. So you can't violate an Isser Doraisa based on a suffix. That we know. It's a basic principle in Shas of suffix Doraisa Lechumra. But why would he not be able to be Matami for them? I understand why he wouldn't be able to become Tami for the second person. But for the first husband, for the first husband that she might have had, where he might have been conceived from that person, he should be able to become Tami. If Chaim was really his son, then it would make sense that he should become Tami. But if he's the second person's child, if, if really the first husband 
uh, is the person who we thought he was, and the second husband was really the father, so then he's a halal, and then there's no reason why the Kohen, who's a halal, can't be mitame ella. It must therefore be that what is the case in our Mishnah when we said that she was she didn't wait the requisite three months, elala biznos. We're talking about a case scenario of Zenos. Umay achar baila. What are we talking about when the Mishnah says that she didn't wait three months? That's achar boala, after she had tashmuchamita. Biznos, not with not benisuin, biznos. And yet, what do we see? Viktani sefa, ola b'meshmar shelze v'shelze. We see that he still counts as a Kohen. And therefore, v'tiyuv to Shmuel. Shmuel was of the opinion that this person is a halal. And that's not what we see here. We see over here that if there is znus, that the person is still allowed to be part of the Beit Samikdash. And that's a rejection of the sheet of Shmuel. Says the Gemara, not true. Omar of Shemaya, what case are we talking about? With a girl who is a katana, who's only married Midrabanan, and she does miyun where she breaks away from the marriage. Says the Gemara, that's not possible. In a case of Mima'enes, how could she have had a child? Mima'enes, Mika Yoldo, we already learned. The Atani. Uh, there are three women who use some type of birth control. They would put a, a clod uh, of cloth in order to prevent them from getting pregnant. Who are they? A young girl, a is a woman who's pregnant, a woman who's nursing. And the, re- the rationale for each of these is as follows. When it comes to a young girl, and that's our case, the case of Mima Enes, she's too young to have a child. In that case, we're concerned that she'll be, uh, she'll conceive and that she would die, that it would overwhelm her body. Meuberis, the reason why she's Mishamesh Espamoch, why she uses some type of preventative measure from conceiving, is because Shematasu Brasanda, we're afraid that she might conceive a child on top of a child and it might um, crush Rahman Alitzlan, one of the children. And Menika, a woman who's nursing, Shema Tigmoles maybe she'll end up weaning the child she already bore, and she doesn't, we don't want her to get pregnant again once she has a young little child. Because in that case, she may not have any other way to feed the child, and, um, and it might be deadly for the child. That's what the Gemara says. So, Ve'ezo Hiktana, how do we find Hiktana? Define Hiktana in this case. Mibas Achas Esreishon of Yomechad, Ad Bashtem Esreishon of Yomechad. That's how we define it. That's basically our case of Mema'enes. And Pachos Mikan, if she was younger than that, oh yes, Sarah Alkane, if she was older than that, Meshameshes Kedarkin Beholechas, Tibur of Meir. So Rav Meir is a third in the side to what we've been discussing in the Gemara. The Chachamim Omrim, no. The Chachamim argue and say, Achazu, Achazu, Meshameshes Kedarkin Beholechas, Minashemaim Yerachamu, Shedemar Shomer Psaim Hashem. This is one of the times in Shas, one of the numerous times in Shas, where we see the principle of Shomer Psaim Hashem, where we assume that a Kodesh Baruch will take care of people. They're doing the right thing. They're not uh, doing anything that's really risky or dangerous. And Shomer Psaim Hashem, they'll be taken care of. So the Chechanon were of the opinion that these three people were not Misham Shos B'moch. But according to Rameer, they are Misham Shos B'moch. And the, what we're saying is that she's not supposed to be able to conceive. So if she's not supposed to be able to conceive, then how can we talking, be talking about a case of a Mima Enes, of a woman? The Mishnah cannot be talking about that. We know she had children. So says the Gemara, what we're talking about is a different case. Mishkach Aslar, Mishnah must be talking about a case Bekdushe Tos. We have a condition that had a condition built into it, and the condition wasn't fulfilled. And retroactively, the condition was undone. If she was not violated and she was with someone, then she's Asura. What's implied from the Pasuk is that if in fact she was violated and it wasn't consensual, then she'd be Muteris. 
However, the drasha continues, There's another iteration of this pasuk, There's another time when a person is lonis pasa. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't a violation. It was consensual, but she's still muteris. What is that case? And the Gemara says, That's a case where the kedushin was retroactively um, undone. Even if she has her sons riding on her shoulders, but she was never married, it was kedushetos, because her Kedushetos was a Kedushetos, she's a, an adult. But because it was a Kedushetos, she can undo her marriage. So we weren't talking about a Mima Enes Ketana. And therefore, we have a Pshad in our Gemara that doesn't reject the Shita of Shmuel. And if we were Poskim, we would look at this Gemara and say, it seems like Shmuel's right. It seems to be the case that we do have a Din, that we restrict a Kohen from service in the Beis HaMikdash when, uh, when there is a lack of Yichus, albeit Midir We'll stop right here. Looking forward to reconnecting with you all tomorrow night in person. Wishing you all a beautiful day.